We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's continue what we were talking about earlier in the show. Who has more to gain from this spring, Gino Gadouli or Tyler Buckner? I feel like so this is a good question. I, I feel like Gino Gadouli is what I'm going to go with. But it's tough. I mean, th- this is a really – because Tyler Buckner's got a brand-new coach. And so, you know, what does that look like for him? He's going to be able to impress a different guy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What kind of pressure is he feeling in this quarterback competition when everybody outside the program assumes that Sam Hartman's going to be the starter? You know, mm-hmm. where does that put him? From the practice that I saw, he's spinning it pretty darn good and better than I've ever seen him do it in a Notre Dame uniform. Granted, it's practice, but he's putting the ball in some pretty good places and it's it's pretty impressive, right? But I feel like Gino has the most to gain because he knows nothing about this room going in. And he's got a ton to gain from just being the quarterback's coach at Notre Dame. So I'm going to go with Gino. We know he's not going to be second string because there's only one quarterback coach. So (laughs) I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I mean, I can see that side of it because he is. He's he's walking into this fresh and he's got basically four new guys to learn, you know, what for from the top on down, Hartman, Buckner, and Jelly and Minchie. And, you know, like he himself, when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, I think the question was more about Hartman or Buckner. And he said, Hey, don't forget about Angeli because he's in there too. And you know, like the things that he was doing. I just have to go with Buckner though, because okay. if Tyler Buckner is going to have a legitimate chance in this quarterback competition, it's going to be because of the work that he puts in this fall and whatever eyes he can open this fall sure. to show where he is. Like right now he is on as equal a footing as he is ever going to be with Sam Hartman sure. because of the fact that I think you mentioned earlier, Hartman comes in new system that he's got to learn and, and all that stuff. He's got the experience, but it's a new system for him. It's, you know, Tyler Buckner, like, like, the system for him, I think a lot of it is going to be the same. The terminology, as they have said, is going to be the same. So right now, it's about what can Tyler Buckner do to keep himself on an even 
on an even plane with Sam Hartman, or at least as close to even as possible. He's got everything to gain, nothing sure. to lose this spring. Just just let it rip. So I go with him just a little bit more. I understand what you're saying with Caduli, and that's why yeah. I asked the question. Because I could I have gone either you know, direction. There's yeah, no question exactly. about it, and I could have been convincing either way. But I will also say it is 100% in Tyler Buckner's wheelhouse to force the issue to get him on the field this year. Not saying that he'll be the starter, but you, you can't keep a stallion in the stable if he can prove to the coaching staff that he is a stallion, right? You can't keep that kind of talent on the sideline just backing up Sam Hartman. You've got to force yourself onto the field. And I think he has the opportunity to do that. I'm not saying he's going to force himself into the number one position. I'm saying he's going to he could force himself onto the field, which would be huge for him and the program, frankly. I mean, we are not, Marshall says, not being judgmental, but this is the same talk last year with Tyler Buckner. Will this be the year that it translates to the field? I mean, the the difference is last year, there was an actual, I think, more even, like he was the one with more talent, but but the competition was a more, it was more even between him and Drew Pine than at least it should be with him and Sam Hartman. If he gets... If he if he is playing even with Sam Hartman, Hartman, it's because of one his talent and two that he's put in a lot of work and he's and he's made a lot of progress to get there. So sure, I mean, sure. I I don't think it has to translate to the field necessarily for this to be a successful spring and even going into the fall for Buckner. Yeah, yeah. Be, just because of the fact that you've got a sixty year guy out there, sure, he's competing. Oh, absolutely, against. yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame defensive coordinator Al Golden meets with the media Wednesday morning. The top question you would have for Al Golden is blank. Give me your linebacker depth chart now. (laughs) Realizing he would never answer that, right? Right. But isn't that what we all want to know? Like, we all want to know where these young guys stack up compared to the guys that are returning from last year. Like, what is, you know, who's impressing you from X group, right? And we're not talking about the returning starters. We're talking about everybody else. Who's impressed you? What does it look like? Are those guys going to get on the field? Now, he's going to word salad that. But that's the answers that I want. Those are the questions I would ask. Yeah. He's a good deflector, 
sometimes. Sure. If, uh, you know, if you ask those kind of open-ended, you know, like, not not just open-ended, but broad questions, you know, like, who's impressed you? He'll say, well, they've all impressed me. And yeah, right. Kind of go yeah, into, exactly. you know, those, those kind oh, of yeah. things. I think that I would just, my thing would be, what does he need to see from guys like Jalen mm. Sneed and Prince Kali for them, you know, to, what does he need to see from them? this spring for them to potentially be in the mix heading to next fall. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, I do. I mean, because they're the guys that that. everyone wants to know about. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, you can throw Ziegler and, you know, those kind of guys in there as well. But I think those two guys specifically, because of the fact that one's going to be a junior, one's going to be a sophomore and they've got a ton of talent. And those are the guys we get asked about the most. What does he need to see from those two guys this spring? Because eventually we're going to start asking about different guys because they're never going to get on the field. <laughs> like that's, that's how it feels. And so like, we're asking about these guys because they are, they are arriving into their window of where they need to be productive players at Notre Dame, or they're going to leave. Right. I mean, that's, that's where we are with the transfer portal and the way things operate. Right. So where are those guys? Have you communicated with them? Like where they are, you know, what, what, what does it look like? From your perspective as the defensive coordinator and as the linebacker coach, where are these guys? I concur. Totally can. Yeah. And that's, we'll see tomorrow. They, they, they're bringing out three linebackers. Right. I believe Prince Kali is going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to save some of the other linebackers for, uh, for later on in the spring, I guess. But we'll get three of them tomorrow anyway. Josh says, great interview, and then he gave us a super chat. Thank you. Bam. Super sticker. Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Lamar Jackson wants oh. the Ravens to trade him, and he is the talk right now. He is like the Aaron Rodgers stuff is, is hit the back burner. It's all become about Lamar Jackson over the last week or two. Colts are apparently in play for a mm-hmm. trade for Lamar Jackson. Here's what Colts general manager Chris Ballard said. When he was asked about Jackson this week, quote, anytime a special player is available, which he is, you've got to do the work. All right. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at or what we're doing or what we might do. But what I'll tell y'all is he's a really good player, a really special player, but you never know how any of this will work out. End quote. So Vince, if you're the Colts, how far would you be willing to go to get Lamar Jackson? not very if i'm being honest i i would not leverage the future of the franchise to bring this guy in i i just wouldn't i mean i wouldn't give away a bunch of number one picks i you know i wouldn't give him a boatload of money that's going to cripple your franchise moving forward if all of your money is going to be towards a quarterback because i don't trust him to be healthy enough to make a huge difference in indianapolis for the long term I just don't. And and we've just seen it time and time again with various mobile quarterbacks. And they've been really special early on in their career. And then they, they're just injury prone. And they are not special moving forward. And that's my guess is that's the number one thing that the Ravens are worried about and why they didn't want to give him all the money that he was looking for yeah. because they don't want to leverage their future. And so if I'm a Colts fan... I'm real worried right now because it sounds an awful lot like to me that he's their number one option going into this season. Well, 
That's a problem to me. And I get what I get what you're saying about the injuries. I like the you know, like I said, initially when we started talking about Lamar Jackson a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't as high on it. What was my rationale? You had to cater the whole offense to Lamar Jackson. Sure. But you've got Shane Steichen, who came sure. from the Eagles system, who just worked with Jalen Hurts and like you had Jonathan Taylor, you know, like it, it makes sense for who they have as their new head coach. If you were going to cater, the guy is only 26 years old and he's already right. won an MVP. So like, I would not mind giving up a couple of first round draft picks. It's the money that I think is going to be the issue. What he wants, you know, in addition to what you have to give up to get him, it's the money that you're going to have to pay to sign him. That's the issue right now because you've got a quarterback coming out of that first contract, yeah, and he wants to be paid, and that's where the Colts could really be hamstrung. And like Jim Irsay sure. has said, Jim Irsay doesn't want to pay the guaranteed money, and I don't blame him, you know. And that's like the whole Deshaun Watson deal last year that the Cleveland Browns they set a precedent, and that's what happens in the NFL. As soon as the first guy get it, everybody wants it, and so now everybody wants this guaranteed money. That that would be the biggest holdup for me. The draft picks I don't mind, but it's the guaranteed money that I would not want to give a guy like Lamar Jackson for what you just outlined because of like he didn't finish last season healthy. You know? Right. So like that's what worries me, that man. Would be, like that would be the worry. I mean, the Colts have had just terrible luck with trying to go out and find a quarterback over the last what four seasons. Right, this point, and they've gone out. They've got these just, guys on their last legs. You know, Matt Ryan, obviously, Philip Rivers, and like right. that didn't like Rivers worked to an extent, but I don't even think that they were as good as they thought they were going to be with him. But like again, like if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, you could have this guy for the next ten to twelve years. That's sure, why if I would stay healthy. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't mind giving up the first round picks to get him. <sighs> I just but, I don't have any faith that he's going to be able to stay healthy. That's I guess my biggest issue with this moving forward, if he proves me wrong, then you're right. He can be a franchise quarterback for the next decade, no doubt. And if you yeah. want to have a successful NFL franchise, you need to find that that quarterback. Whoever that guy is, you need to be able to find him. Seeing like, look at Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton had way more body armor than Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar sure. Jackson is still a twig, basically. Like. Cam Newton went from MVP one year Super Bowl to out of the league within just a few years after that. You know, so I agree to an extent with what you're saying. You are rolling the dice with that kind of quarterback. And I saw somebody say, Michael, you know, said the mobile quarterback is, you know, the, the trend the NFL is going to. But the question is still going to be how long that trend lasts because of the health factor of these guys, the resiliency or the lack of res resiliency. I mean, like, like Jalen Hurts is on top of the world right now. But sure. All it so was Lamar Jackson. Hit. Yeah. All it takes so is was one Cam hit. And that, like, yeah, yeah. And that changes real quickly. Right. And, and, and here, and here's the thing, like, okay, who are the elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Josh Allen. Yes. He's a mobile guy, but he's not right. mobile. Like the guys we've just been talking about. Patrick Mahomes, and same again, thing. He's, he's built like he's got absolutely. Muscle. He's got the body armor. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just go off the, just tick off the the top guys in the NFL. Yes, they they can be mobile because they they can run and they can get outside the pocket. But their primary, the the primary thing that they're really good at is sitting in the pocket and picking you apart. That's right. what they're good at, right? It's not the zone read and all of those different things. The elite quarterbacks are still pocket passers 
who can run, but that's not the name of the game for them. And right. so there has not been anyone that I can think of that has been a run first type of quarterback like Lamar, like Cam Newton, like all of the guys that you've described that have lasted 10, 15 years. No, they haven't. So until that happens, I still think they're a flash in the pan. You can harness it early, just like the Eagles are doing right now, but how long is that going to last? And that's typically the trend. You know, like they'll have a three or four year window early, then then either defenses catch on to them, they figure them out, right. and or injuries. Right. Occur, and their career is over with. And that's, yeah. So, but, but you know, like, like look at Kyler Murray. He got banged up last year as well. And he's an undersized guy. Like how long is Kyler Murray going to last? Sure. Especially, especially after they fired the coach who drafted him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, a year call. after they had just drafted another quarterback in the first yeah. round. And that's, that's the other thing. Quarterbacks now in the NFL are more disposable than ever, unless you have a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes. Like how many teams, like, you see more and more teams invest in a quarterback, and then within one or two years later, they're going out and getting another quarterback in the first round. And it just – and part of it is that the the amount of money that you've got to pay right. once that rookie contract is right. over with, in, and, in addition to the, the wear and tear and the injuries. Absolutely. And look, I mean, let's be honest. Baltimore is not not you know extending the contract for – Whatever reason they've decided, look, if they thought that he was going to be their quarterback for the next 10 or 15 years, they would probably invest in him. There's there's a, red, there's a red flag there somewhere, right, yeah. where, where they aren't sure that that's going to be the case. Well, I'm sure that being his own agent doesn't help anything. That doesn't either. help in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It just doesn't. I mean, yep. you know, socks or no socks, you kind of need an agent. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Florida Atlantic is in the final four for the first time ever. And it's blank that their head coach, Dusty May, called out other teams for recruiting his players during the tournament, saying, quote, they've been recruited throughout this tournament, end quote. I love it. I love it when a coach just comes right out and says what's going Doesn't on. Doesn't beat around the bush. I freaking love it. And you know what? He's the underdog in this whole thing. He has zero to lose because he went to the final four he's getting job offers so he's good right put this out there put this in the forefront man like i would i would have been happier if he was like it's this school this school this school yeah, this school like name names like, name names three, man that's right absolutely yes absolutely i think it's great and the fact that it made news because he did it is almost a little sad because that means it is so out there everybody's doing it but that doesn't make it right yeah so i love it I, i'm glad that he that he called him out as well and and i'm sure that all mid-majors have to deal with this and in fact i saw muffet mcgraw retweet i think it was a belmont women's coaches tweet about the same type deal i'm sure their players had been recruited all season long you know not just during the tournament it's terrible this is going on all the time and that's like between nil and the transfer portal, this yep. this kind of stuff is out. You know, I mean, again, like just look at the stuff with with Donardo and Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh to USC last year. Remember, like, yep. all this stuff was 
was going on and all this contact oh, yeah. was being made before Addison's name was even in the transfer portal yeah. last year. They've, he had deals signed, deal delivered, man, before he yeah. was even in the portal. Before, yeah. I mean, and you can say what you want to about the pit head coach, and I know Notre Dame fans don't like him. I think he's a bit of a weasel anyway. But I do too, but he it, wasn't that's wrong. Like one thing I'll agree with him on. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. literally recruiting somebody off of his roster while the season's still going on. That's exactly. jacked up, man. That's messed up. Exactly. And as Chi-Town says, sounds like tampering. There should be an NCAA investigation. And Which, there should. But I just, I don't know what yeah. the NCAA prioritizes right. anymore. Right. I don't. So Providence Athletic Director Steve Napolillo is ticked off that Georgetown took his head basketball coach. Ed Cooley, of course, left Providence to go to Georgetown. He's ticked off because they're in the same conference here's what napolillo says quote i thought the georgetown ad was a mentor to me and a friend i understand the business but i thought at the big east we had something different we had a respect we had integrity that's been completely thrown out the door should i be going out and hiring another big east coach we love the league too much to start that type of carousel end quote so does Napolillo, the Providence AD, have a fair point here, Vince, for being upset at Georgetown? No. <laughs> I mean, the bottom answer is no. You, you don't have a point there. I can see where he's coming from. It's the the little guy. He's burned. Off. Yeah. He's burned. He got burned. And he's mad about it. You know, it, I'm sorry to all the Providence grads out there, but the Georgetown basketball coaching position, because of all the history and the tradition that comes with it, is a better job than the Providence head coaching job. And I know there's history with Providence as well. I get it. It's still a step up. And I don't know the particulars as to whether it was a huge pay increase or whatever, but it's a step up. And I've said it my entire life as a coach, if you can't be mad at somebody for taking a job where they bettered themselves. Right. You know, whether whether it's a uh, a parallel job from name only, but a better program like Tommy Reese, well, it's a better job, okay? Or whether it is a an assistant to a head coach. You can't be mad about that. And I'm sorry that Steve is upset about that, Napolillo. Uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is Coach Cooley got a better job and he took it. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. There's And there's nothing wrong with – with the athletic director in a conference going out and finding a coach in the same conference. Right. He's got to, he's got to fill the job with the best person possible for the job. And he obviously thought that Ed Cooley was a good person for the job. Now, you know, from, from what I understand, you know, like Providence was, was investing and they've got a nice, you know, basketball arena and all that, you know, they were investing good facilities out there, but, the stature of Georgetown is still Georgetown versus Providence. And, you know, Georgetown, it, it, you know, it's it's a program that ran the 80s, basically, and they oh, kind of yeah. live on that nostalgia a little bit. But they were still good into the 90s and kind of dabbled a little bit here and there in the 2000s. But, you know, just like – Sounds just like Notre like, Dame football. Yeah, I was going to say, just like Indiana <laughs> basketball, maybe a little bit of Notre Dame football, they, they feel like – there's a history there and they want to get back to that. And yeah. they've tried it with these last few coaches. I mean, they went back to arguably their most iconic player, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And it didn't work out. And so now 
They're going to a guy who, who's got a track record of being a good head coach. Got to get the best guy for the job. And it, and it doesn't matter what conference it's in. I, you right. know, I'm sorry. Like you got your heart broken because you had to give him up. It doesn't matter if he's going in the same conference or not. Just like you said, Vince Cooley's got a better job and their athletic director got a better coach. Right. You got to move on and, and do what you got to do now. You now as Providence, you go hire the best coach you can find. And it shouldn't matter what conference right. he's in. It, it was, it, this is similar. Okay. Uh, you want to put another name spin on it, right? Who, um, Doherty, when he was the head coach at Notre Dame for one year yeah. and everybody was all excited about it, he got offered the North Carolina job. Right. Okay. I mean, it's his alma mater. It's a better job. It's, you know, the history. Da, 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 da. You, you just kind of got to tip your cap and hit the job pool again. I mean, it, right. it just, it is what it is. That's the same conference. Well, I guess it wasn't the same conference back then, but. Still, it's a better job. Yeah. There are some there are some jobs that everyone's going to pack up and leave for. I guess the question yeah. is, is Georgetown still worthy? You know, of like, like being considered in that echelon. They from from a from a success standpoint, they haven't been for what the sure. last ten years or so. But again, they feel like they can get there, and they they just need the coach to do it. So. But isn't it one of those situations where if you can be the guy to bring them back to where you think that they should be, you're immortal. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly it's just, right. It's just like if, if Marcus Freeman wins a national championship at Notre Dame, they're gonna make they're gonna have a statue. You know, you become immortal because you took that program back to where it was. Yes. If he does that at Georgetown, they're gonna they're gonna have a statue for him there too. You know what I mean? So yep. it, it's as a coach, you always think you have the answers, right? And you think you can be the guy to take that program to the next level. If you don't think you're that guy, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, Vince, one of the most famous plays in college basketball history took place 31 years ago today, hmm. which makes me feel ancient. Grant really? Hill threw the three-quarter court pass to Christian Leitner who did a little dribble, did the turnaround shot at the buzzer to beat Kentucky to advance to the Final Four 31 years ago today. Wow. Do you remember when you first saw that play? I'm pretty positive I did not see it live, okay? Uh, but I know that I saw that play over and over and over again in, at a very young age. So when it happened live, I was, what, 11 years old. I guarantee you I saw it before I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Like I that has been an iconic play that I know like the back of my hand, right? I know where all the yeah. players were and I don't like Kentucky or Duke, but that's just an <laughs> iconic play. I mean it just is, right? And yeah, I I don't I know I didn't see it live. I I know I didn't, but I guarantee you I probably saw it, you know, very soon thereafter because I did I, I was an avid sports center watcher. So okay. I'm sure that I saw it on Sports Center. Sports Center was still really big back then. Yeah, so, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. So the only way you got your sports news back in the day. I know. You I had know. to sit there and watch the uh, – because it was like, what, every hour, and it would just repeat. Mm -hmm. And as long as you had a half hour to, to an hour, man, you got all the sports news you needed before school. That's where I was. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I was working in a bar – uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, Ooh. when I was going to the University of Kansas, working at a bar called Big Daddy's. And um, 
it was on and that's what everyone was was into that game i can't remember what night it was but i remember watching watching it live and just like you i can't stand either program duke or kentucky (laughs) right so i was like who you know i wasn't cheering for anyone but at the same time it was just such a spectacular play and it's obviously you know been as you said played over and over and over again since then so i i actually do have memory wow of seeing it live so that's crazy and but yes. when you're watching years ago when you're watching a game that you don't have skin in right you have no skin in the game or whatever you just want a good basketball game mm-hmm. and then you like for me whether you know betting aside brackets aside right i always find myself rooting for a team by if i watch the entire game i'll find myself rooting for a team and so you know, you, you get sucked into it, and that was a great game. I mean, the way that it ended, obviously, is iconic, mm-hmm. but it was a great game. It was a back-and-forth game the whole time, if I remember correctly, and it was a great game. So, of course, you probably remember watching it. I just don't remember what I was doing when I was 11. <laughs> that was that – was they went on and beat the Fab Five in, That's right. uh, in the championship. That's right. Was that the timeout game? Uh, that was the next year. The okay. timeout game was when they, when the Fab Five played North Carolina in the gotcha. championship. Yeah, yep. But uh, yeah, that was like that was iconic back then. Oh like yeah, those, those teams, and it's like it just makes you, you know, like long for the days when guys actually played together for more than a year or two. Like yeah, they were together. That group of guys, like yes. as much as as I still loathe Duke. Like that era when you had that group of guys, Grant Hill, Leitner, and Hurley, oh, yeah. and, and those guys all together yep. for four years. And, you know, like the Fab Five, for that matter. And like the UCLA group with Tyus Edney and the O'Bannons and and those guys oh, yeah. that were all together. And, you know, like Corliss Williamson and, and the Arkansas group, Scotty Day and all those guys. It's like those whole groups played together. And that, that was just like so many good teams back then. It, I, I realize yeah. you were a young pup, but no, but it's funny because it's it's a it's funny the way your brain works. Like I remember Grant Hill more as a player for Duke than I do playing in the NBA. You know what I mean? I because he played for the the Pistons, right? And so I never saw any of his games. You know, I saw the Bulls play, I saw the Pacers play, you know, that kind of a thing. And that's back when I watched the NBA when it was like the '90s NBA. Like that was fun to watch, in my opinion. Grant Hill will always be a Duke player to me. He'll never be an NBA player. He'll right. always be wearing exactly. the blue and white. Same with Christian Leitner. Oh, yeah, 100% Bobby Christian Leitner. 100%. Yep. And I remember being ticked off that he made the dream team in 92. <laughs> oh, I know. I do. I, I remember a lot being of people who were ticked off. off. About that. And, I, and now that I think about it, I was 11. So there you go. And I remember being ticked off about it. So, you know, it was, I was like, what is this scrub doing with all of these, like, future hall of famers how does this work yep michael said that uh he partied in lawrence when he was stationed at fort riley there you go. which is uh which is between junction city and manhattan and uh i lived in manhattan when i was young moved to salina after that my mom's fam my mom was born and my sister was also born in junction city which is on the west side of fort riley and my wife is from Topeka, so Michael's been all over my old Kansas stomping grounds yeah, no there at Fort Riley. My my grandpa, I think I've said this before. My grandpa was, you know, he was career army, and his last duty station was Fort Riley. That's how that's where you my dad in. 
ended up yeah in Kansas Makes sense. and all that kind of stuff. So yep. Back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> all right. Well, appreciate you joining us tonight. We've got uh, a lot going on over the next couple of days. Oh, Tommy Guns. Tommy he there. just he lost there. all lost all credibility. I'll put it on the screen, <laughs> but I'm not even gonna say it. Come on, you're better than that. You can come up with something better than that. Uh. <laughs> Michael says, Salina, I know a girl. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here tonight. Appreciate you. We will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com